Hey, welcome to the Syracuse Vineyard Podcast. Thanks for taking some time to listen in with us. If you like what you're hearing and would like to know more about the church, you can go to our website at vineyardny.org or follow us on social media at vineyardny on YouTube, vineyardny Syracuse on Instagram, and vineyardny-syracuse on Facebook. And now we're going to listen in on this week's message. My family has this famous chili that we make. You know, you, you guys have those, the dish that you make and bring to the potluck. It's your go-to, you know, like the thing that you know how to make. But we have this chili. It's been passed down from generation to generation. And the amazing thing about this chili is that it's, there's only four ingredients. And most of them come in a jar or a can, all right? And the thing is that this chili wins chili competitions, all right? This thing is like, this thing is, is amazing, all right? It's super spicy, just the right amount. And it has, has this kind of this uh, white chili or white, white, um, white chicken flavor. It's this delicious thing. And, and, and heads turn when I bring in this chili to to the to the meal and they think wow this he's such a good cook but there's only four ingredients in this tasty chili four simple ingredients and so it's chili for dummies i can do this we're going to talk today about this thing called alpha alpha is something we've been talking about for the last about three months now we've been saying alpha it's coming up alpha's coming up uh think about joining an alpha. Think about uh, coming and inviting someone to an alpha. We're, we've been talking about that, and, and it's almost here, so you're going to hear me stop talking about come and join one, but I want you to, some, of, some, some folks, uh, to be honest, are skeptical. And What is an alpha? What does it mean to be part of this thing uh, t- called an alpha course? What am I signing up for? Why would I invite? Why would I be part of this? And I want to talk about the four ingredients, the four ingredients that make an alpha an alpha. And I want to talk about how these four ingredients, uh, they're, they're categorized by the person of Jesus. Jesus is categorized by these four ingredients. When we see these four ingredients, we should think of Jesus because Jesus was known by these things. I want us to notice how Jesus is connected. The first ingredient of Alpha, the first ingredient that we're going to look at as connected with Jesus is this thing called food. Alpha is about food and Jesus is about food. At the the start of his ministry, he's with uh, 5,000 men, it says, and probably 5,000 women and 5,000 children, right? And there's a couple of loaves of bread and some fish. And he, he breaks these things. He thanks God and he passes it out. The disciples bring it all over. And he feeds about 15,000 people that day with a couple of loaves of bread, some fish. A couple, you know, weeks later, maybe a year later, we don't know, 4,000 people, the same thing, are, are fed by a couple of loaves of fish and some, so a, a couple of loaves of bread and some fish. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, shows back up on the scene. And you think he's defeated death. Probably he's defeated hunger too, right? But the first thing, one of the first things he says to his disciples is, do you guys have anything to eat? I'm hungry. Jesus is all about food. When we see him on the seashore and, and Peter jumps out of the boat again to, to, to talk with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, you know what Jesus is doing? He's cooking fish. 
on the seashore. This is what he's all about. And the, the crazy thing about Jesus is he eats food with people we think he should never eat food with. Now, you and I are like this. We, we don't eat food with certain people, right? If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you don't, you don't eat food with a Miami Dolphins fan. I mean, come on, that's, that's blasphemy. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you don't eat food with a New York Giants fan. That's blasphemy, right? This is, this is terrible. Why would you go to that watch party, right? Eat chicken wings with those people. If you're a Democrat, you don't eat food with a Republican. If you're a Republican, you don't eat food with a Democrat. I mean, this is how we are. We're kind of polarized. In the same way that we are polarized, but to an nth degree, Jesus' culture was categorized by polarization and around food. You don't eat with certain people. There were these laws passed down by Moses, from God to Moses and then to the people. And and God gives them these, these clean food laws where you're only supposed to eat food that's clean, categorized by clean. If you become unclean, you're outside of the camp for a couple of days until you become clean again. And then you can join the food table. Um, um, it, the, there's certain people you can eat with. You can't eat with a pagan. You can't eat with a Roman. These were rules that were set up to set the people of Israel apart from the other nations. To say, this is God's nation, and this is how the kingdom of God ought to look. And so they, they have these laws to keep them within the bounds, and, and they, they care deeply for these laws. At the time of Jesus, there are, there's groups of people who are policing how people eat with other people. We're going to see a little snippet in a chapter here in Luke chapter 15. Now in Luke chapter 15, Luke in the gospel of Luke, the story about Jesus, Luke is at the hinge point of his gospel. He's at like the the focal point of his gospel. He's about to tell us these three parables, the three kind of, the, the three kind of highest parables preaching of Jesus. There's the parable of the lost sheep. You've probably heard about the parable of the lost sheep if you've been around Christian circles at all. There's a parable of the lost coin, and then there's a parable of the lost son. And right before Jesus tells these parables, we see Luke set the context, set the setting. Look at what he says. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. The tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. These are people you do not um, eat with. These are people you do not commune with. Tax collectors were, were people who were Jewish people who had betrayed their own country to, um, to take money from the, their own people on behalf of the Roman government, the occupying force. These are Benedict Arnold's. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible people, right? These are people who we, we don't consort with. We don't come to the table with tax collectors. And then there's this group called sinners. What's that mean? Like, what does that look like? I wonder what this group of sinners looked like. Jesus uh, was gathered around by all these people. Jesus is this magnetic person for this group of people. I can't believe that this group of people was welcomed in 
that this group of people, they felt like they could enter into the same space that Jesus was. I wonder what signals he was sending out. That they, they felt like they could come and eat with a rabbi. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them? This is crazy. He invites them to the table. I'm so grateful that Jesus invited them to the table. I'm so grateful that Jesus invited people who shouldn't have been there, who shouldn't have been at the table, shouldn't have been in the room, shouldn't have even been on the same street. I'm so grateful that Jesus ate with them. Because you know what that means? He eats with me. Do you know all of us, all of us at one point, we've, we were far from God. In the evilness of our mind and in the, in the ways we used to think, but God, at the, at the appointed time, he welcomed us in. You were welcomed in. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you did that, that you opened up the table, that you ate with people who were considered unclean. Thank you, Jesus. At the end of his ministry, Jesus breaks bread, gives thanks. He passes the cup. He gives thanks. He says, this is my body broken for you, my blood shed for you. And he says, eat this and drink this in remembrance of me. Even Jesus's last meal, the way that we remember Jesus is food. He's all about it. And Alpha is all about food too. It's the focal point of Alpha. It's the, the place where we all start. Alpha is this, it's, it's this course, right? There's this material and there's this discussion. But the first thing is food. And in an alpha course, it's kind of crazy in Christian circles, but that the first couple of weeks, we don't even pray at the beginning. It's kind of crazy, right? We, we, we invite people around the table, people who aren't like us, people who disagree with us. And, and food is the way in. It's the entry point. I mean, it's the entry point for all of us. It is the one, one of the only things that we have in common as humanity. We all need this, this meal. So we come to the table in Alpha. This is entry point in. Uh, I have a neighbor. Um, somehow he found out that I was a pastor. So he, he emailed me and he said, uh, uh, Pastor Chris, you know, I'm your neighbor. And he got my email address from online. And so he's like, hey, Pastor Chris, I'm your neighbor. And um, my wife's a Christian, but I'm an atheist. I want you to know that. And so, um, uh, you know, it's great to, great to know that you're, not, you're my neighbor, blah, blah, blah. And so then I meet him that week, you know, go out to shake his hand and um, we talk. And the first thing he says is, Chris, I know you're a pastor. I'm an atheist, right? I want you to know that. And I said, okay, you know, second time we meet. Hey, uh, Chris, um, I know you're a pastor. I'm an atheist. All right, all right. You know, I get the, I get what you're, you're putting down. But he says, like, my wife's a Christian, so you know, like, there's that. And I'm like, okay, well, you guys should come to church. I, I'd love for you guys to be my guest sometime at church. And he said, Chris, I don't know if you heard, but I'm an atheist, right? And I'm like, okay, you know. And, and, and I said, well, that's great. Would, would you come to a meal? We're gonna have a meal in a couple months, and then we're gonna have a discussion about faith. And he's like, sign me up. Sign me up. There's, the defenses came down. We're having a meal. 
I mean, we are. We're, 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 there's a meal. And this is the common thing that we can meet around. And it's what Jesus was all about. This is how Jesus started things off. He didn't ask people to change before they came to the meal. They came as they were. And that's what we do in Alpha. The second ingredient in this spicy chili that's Alpha is the talk. The talk. Luke continues saying about Jesus. He says the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around. The Pharisees and the, the, the teachers of the law were saying, this man, he eats with tax collectors and sinners. Then Jesus launches into this parable. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses them, loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be rejoicing, more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Do you guys understand? Should we read it again? I don't know if we understand. Let's read it one more time. Then, then, then Jesus told them a parable. Suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I did not understand this parable. I've, heard, I've read this parable so many times. I've heard it in Sunday school. I've, I learned about it, probably memorized it. But do we understand it? You see, in our culture, when you call someone lost, it's pejorative. It's an insult. It's a bad thing to be lost. Do we have these bumper stickers? Have you seen them? Not all who wander are lost. Right? What's that say? Don't, don't judge me because I'm want of figuring it out. Because I'm trying to, you know, get through life in a different way than you. Don't judge me. Don't put me in the group of lost. Not all who wander are lost. When we, when we don't want to be around somebody, we say, get lost. It's an insult, right? I don't want to be around you, right? Jesus, with this parable, he flips the meaning of lostness on its head. He, he, he takes the meaning of lostness, which we understand, and he, and he flips it around. He, he takes this term of lostness, and he judo flips it. You see, if you had a small business of sheep, 100 sheep, this is your small business, this is your livelihood, and you're in open country, would you, if one of your 99, one of your 100 walked off, would you leave the 99 in open country to go after the one? You see, we read this and we're like, of course. Of course you would. But the hearers of this parable were saying, no, that is a boneheaded decision. Why would you do that? Why would you leave 99 in, in open country when just one is lost? Why would I do that? Do you see the meaning of the parable? 
Jesus is saying, if you are lost, if you are trying to figure it out, if you are seeking answers, if you're looking for, for life, the answers to life's questions, if you're trying to figure out and you're lost, you are the most important thing in the whole world. You are the most important thing. Jesus is going to make crazy, crazy, uneconomical decisions. He's going to go bankrupt for you. He's going to leave the 99 in open country, and he's going to go all the time, all the energy, all the resources on you. Think about your friend or family person, your neighbor, colleague who doesn't know Jesus. Everything in Jesus' mind is on him. It's on her. Jesus so desires relationship that he will abandon everything and go after that person. Listen, if you're trying to figure out, I'm so glad you're here. Listen, Jesus is leaning in. He's been thinking about this moment his whole life. He desires relationship with you. When I was little, um, I was four years old. My parents, they took me to Darien Lake. It was an awesome time. Uh, I went on the bumper cars, right? I love the bumper cars. I still love the bumper cars. You know, you get, you get hit and, and you hit other people. It's like the most wonderful thing as a four-year-old. And, and my dad dropped me off at the bumper cars. I think this was the second or third time that we'd been on the bumper cars. He was not going on the bumper cars again. And so he dropped me off, saw me off, got me, so got me into the bumper car, waved at me and went and sat down. Now, there's two ways of telling this story. There's my dad's way of telling the story, and there's mine, all right? He says that he, he sat in the same spot in which he dropped me off on. I say that he's a liar and a cheater, all right? And, and, and I walked off those bumper cars, and my dad wasn't there. So I turned left and started saying, Dad, Dad, you know, and where are you? And I'm crying, and somebody comes to my rescue, this little four-year-old who's all alone at Darien Lake, and they, they bring me to the Lost Kids Center. Anybody ever been to the Lost Kids Center? There's a, you got the windows. It's like this little like closet, basically, right? Uh, kind of bigger than a closet. And they got some toys and stuff, but then you're looking out the window, right? Where's mom? Where's dad? Are they going to find me? You know, How long do I have to wait? Uh, I just talked with somebody after last service who had the same experience but their parents didn't come for three hours, right, to the Lost Kids Center. They got trauma. I don't have trauma, right? My, when my dad came through those doors, when my dad came through those doors, he came in and he gave me this big hug. He said, Chris, I'm sorry. I love you, right? And he embraced me. And, and you know, maybe I cried. I don't know. But there was like this moment of, of knowing I was safe and being okay, and I, I'm, I'm, I belong and I'm okay. That's what Jesus desires to do. If you're lost, God, God has this big heart and he wants to show you and he wants to be with you. He wants to embrace you and show you that you belong. In Alpha, there's this thing called the talk. And it's right after the food, we, we turn on the, the TV and all of a sudden we're watching this, these British people talk, all right? And, and it's wonderful, British people, right? But they're, they're all talking and um, they're, what they're talking about is the love of God. And they're talking about their experiences with God. And it's real people with real experiences. 
and real kind of figuring this stuff out. And some people have come to an alpha and, and understood, oh, like this makes sense now. Or, or some people are, are trying to figure it out and they, they find a different way. They meet somebody who tells them about Jesus in a winsome way. But you know what happens in these videos? It's not, it's not some sort of hitting over the head with facts. It's, it's not this kind of, you know, a, a, a preaching ad and, and driving things home. It's just this winsome way of telling people about Jesus. It's not this bullhorn, sandwich board kind of thing. It's winsome. It's talking about how Jesus loves us, who Jesus was, why it matters. We love the verse of your Christian who grew up in Sunday school. You love the verse, right? You memorize John three sixteen. Everybody's got it? For God so loved the world. He gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, right? This is what's, you know, we, we put the bumper sticker on our car, John 3, 16, right? We're going to tell everybody John 3, 16. Have you read John 3, 17? For Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What? We're not to be blasting out John 3.16 in people's faces. You know, come to Jesus. You better come, right? This is winsome. Come, we invite you. Let me ask you this question before we move on. And this question is for me too. I've been, I've been thinking, man, why are you going to ask this question? This is a tough question. Do you and I, do we have the same heart of Jesus? the same vision of Jesus, the same passion, the same crazy love, the crazy decision-making love, that we would become uncomfortable to go out and find one lost person that we love, that we would become uncomfortable for one neighbor of ours, one colleague of ours, one, one friend, one, one family member, would we become a little uncomfortable and invite them into relationship with Jesus, invite them into a community called Alpha and, and we're gonna have this meal and there's gonna be some people you can meet and have a discussion. Would you just come? Would we become uncomfortable for that? It's this question that I have about my friends. Am I willing to do this? You see, if I love someone and I've received a gift and I've been transformed by this gift and I, I know that this gift is where I belong and, and this is the best thing that's ever happened to me, then why wouldn't I want that same thing for the friend that I love? Number three, what's the secret ingredient of chili and alpha? It's this, the third is discussion. Discussion. Now, this is the most unlikely of all the secret ingredients of alpha, I think. Because what, what, what would we expect if we tell the gospel, the good news about Jesus to someone and, you know, after the meal, we have the good news about Jesus. And then, right, we're going we're gonna to drive things home. We're going to seal the deal. We're salespeople. We're going to seal the deal, right? They're leaving with Jesus, right, tonight, right? But that's not what, what we do in Alpha, right? Because what happens when, we, when you're a salesperson, right? People stop liking you at some point, right? When you're trying to sell things. And when, when, when you're trying to drive things home, when you, you start debating with people or arguing, 
And who wins in a debate or an argument? Nobody, right? Everybody just leaves being more polarized than they were before. Oh, I, that confirms everything that I thought about Christians. That they're, they're bigots, that they, that they don't have any uh, interest in coming you know, to the table and talking. I thought this was a table to talk at. So what we do in Alpha is we create a table for discussion. We create a safe space where anybody can say anything. Now, we've just shared the good news of the gospel for 20 minutes on a video, all right? And we just had a meal, which Jesus would have. So we are in, okay, we're, we're within the bounds of the Bible. I can tell you we're safe, okay? Nobody's gonna die. But as we do this, as we open things up and we say, to someone who just challenges the video. They, I, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I can stomach that because this is what happened to me as a kid. I lost my dad at a young age. Now, if God's so good, why, why'd that happen? Shoot, man, that's a really good question. What does everybody else think? Instead of the, the Christian having all the answers for everyone, Instead of trying to, to figure it out, you have all of your theology, you've had your experiences, you can preach to them. We're quiet. Wow, we're good listeners. We reflect back. Thank you for sharing. Can you tell me more? How'd that feel? What was that like? We want to hear more. We invite them into relationship and we're expecting something else. We're expecting that the Holy Spirit is real. That the, 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 the very Spirit of God that lives inside of us as Christians, that the, the Spirit of God that's hovering over creation and making all things new, that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is at work in the same person that we've invited to Alpha. That's the very reason that they're sitting in those seats to begin with. Thank God that they even came to the dinner table. Uh, the Spirit of God is working in them and we trust that the Spirit of God is drawing them, inviting them in right after the parable of the lost sheep. It's the parable of the lost coin. And then there's the parable of the lost son. Have you ever read the parable of the lost son? There's a father with two kids. A younger, younger kid Goes to his father one day and says, I don't, I don't want any more of this farm life, you know, this estate life. I want my uh, inheritance. You're dead to me. I don't want relationship with you anymore. I, I, you're dead to me. Give me my inheritance and I'm on my way. Give me what's mine and I'll go. And so his father, you know, doesn't argue with him. Just gives him the inheritance and he goes. He liquidates everything. He goes off with this large stack of cash to a, to a foreign country. And he squanders his wealth, it says, in wild living. Have you ever thought, uh, took some time to meditate upon that, that term, wild living? What does that look like for a second? We won't go there. Right? Wild living. There is squandered wealth in wild living. And at some point, there's a famine in the land. All of his friends leave him. He's lost all of his cash. And he ends up at rock bottom in this, this pig pen. And he's a servant in a pig pen. And he thinks one day, as, as he's filling his stomach with the pods of the pigs, he, he thinks, man, my, my father, he treats his servant better than this. Man, I wish, I wish I was one of even my father's servants. 
So he turns back and he starts walking towards his father's house. And all along the way, he's thinking, man, I got to have something to say. What's, what's going to be my script? He starts practicing a script. Father, sin against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your servants. Father, uh, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your servants. He's practicing his script as he goes along. You hear him. He's got it memorized. He's got it ready. The father sees him over the brow of the hill and starts running towards him. From a distance, he starts running. The father, don't, fathers don't run in that culture. He runs and, and he hugs his son. It's like Darien Lake and the Lost Kid Center, right? And, and, and he's running. He hugs his son. Now his son backs up. He wasn't expecting the hug. And he starts to script, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father stops him. Jesus doesn't even get to the second part. He doesn't even share the second part of the script. He's had the script the whole time. The script doesn't get finished. The father says, no, 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 no. Get the servant, servants, bring me the coat, the robe. Give me the ring. Put it all on his fingers. Put it on the, the robe on him. Let's slaughter this, the fatted calf. Let's have a big party because my son was dead. But now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. Now, parents in the room. What would every loving parent, you know, I mean, this, this guy is so loving. He gives him the hug. He restores him as son. What would every loving parent do after this? We would do that, right? But then that son would get a lecture, right? Hey, don't you see, son, how wild living made you this? How, you know, when you took all the half of the inheritance, you see how that left the rest of your family, how you abandoned us. Do you see, are you going to apologize? I want an apology. Do you see that in the, in the story? It doesn't appear. The father has a big party for the son. There's no lecture. There's no lessons to be learned. He invites him in. And Jesus says, this is how your father in heaven cares for you. Now, when we become Christians and we learn all the hard lessons, we want other people to learn those lessons. And, and there's another guy in the parable. We won't talk about him right now. The brother, the older brother, we become the older brother. We try to impose the lessons on other people. We try, to, we try to impose our experience on our, we try to lecture other people. We try to give, those, give them the answers. We try to teach them, but that is not our role. And that is not the father, what he does. He didn't do that to you when you came to Jesus. He just invited you in. So in our discussion, even when Christians, we know the answers, we zip our mouths. And we ask questions and we listen. Number four. The fourth ingredient is the invite. Now this is the most special ingredient 
in our Alpha. This is where the kingdom of God breaks in. There's this moment at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, John chapter 1. John the Baptist is doing his big ministry. He's got disciples. And in this moment, we see that John has two disciples. This is what it says. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Now, John is simply pointing his disciples towards Jesus. Look at him and look at what happens. When the two disciples heard him say this, they they followed Jesus. Did you see that? When his disciples heard him say, look, they followed Jesus. This is the most important moment of their lives. All John did was say, look. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said. So he's one of the two disciples who followed Jesus and spent the day with Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah. The first thing that we did, that he did, was to invite his brother. Hey, come and see. Let's come and talk about this. Let's go and look and see. And look at how this changes history. It changes all of the history of the early church. It's Peter at the beginning of the day of Pentecost who's preaching to 3,000, probably plus 3,000, plus 3,000. He's teaching and preaching and 3,000 people come to know Jesus that day. And that's the beginning of the the early church. And he's one of the pillars, the fathers of the faith. And all of it was, was an invite. Hey, we found the Messiah. Check out this video from Alpha real quick. Everything to do with Alpha is basically word of mouth. Mm. I mean, why do people come in our small group? It was all word of mouth when you went round. And the advertising might help because they say, oh, I know about that course because I've seen. But it's because my friend um, at work or my... As somebody came in our small group last last night, he said... he had. So this was week two last night. Um, So his friend had come the first week Mm. and he dragged along his cousin. Mm. So he was... um, only come because his cousin came the first week and then he asked his cousin along. It's friends bringing friends. I joined the prayer group at work and one of the partners asked me, if, are you interested in helping out to organize a workplace alpha? And um, I was like, oh, I've never even been to an alpha. A lot of small group members came to help out. So one of them was Nick. I asked my mom to join and I prayed that um, she would come. And, and yeah, she came and she got really transformed. Actually seeing seeing where uh, she was to, to now where she is, there's been such a big change. We also invited my cousin to come mm-hmm. and actually he, he rejected us um, the first time. He was like, oh, you know, this religion thing is not for me. But then we, we prayed together, me and my mom mm-hmm. prayed together for him. And then the next week, somehow he decided to come and we were just so excited. So he accepted Christ at night. It pretty much went from reluctant to, we can't get rid of him now. <laughs> it's like he's always there. So yeah, it has, it's, quite, it's quite an amazing story. Yeah, for the first, for that season of Alpha, my dad um, refused to come. 
afterwards, um, I invited him to a reunion, an ALF reunion gathering, and so um, I told him I would be sharing. Um, mm -hmm. Can you uh, can you come see me? And then and then he was like, okay, fine, I'll come. And but then when he came, he just loved it. He loved the atmosphere. He loved people who 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 didn't force anything onto him. I think it's the best thing that I've ever experienced and best thing I've ever done to accept Christ. And but if no one told me, I would never be able to to know. And. That's exactly why it's so important to tell others because it's also giving an opportunity for other people to choose. I'll always remember like how my family and how my relatives got transformed and um, and seeing that I would know that I'll just keep on telling other people. Mm. One of my heroes growing up was a man called Billy Graham. He's arguably one of the best communicators of the good news about Jesus of the 20th century. An amazing speaker. He had this great testimony about his own journey of coming to faith and great hair. And I wanted to be like him. I used to dream of speaking to thousands about Jesus. The only problem was that I was a shy, introverted teenager with, as I saw it, a very ordinary testimony and below average hair. And I tried sometimes to tell my friends at school and university about Jesus. I even once tried some street evangelism, but none of it really seemed to work very well. And then I read a passage at the beginning of John's Gospel where Andrew encounters Jesus and then invites his brother, Simon Peter, to come and meet Jesus too. Peter then became one of the greatest evangelists of the early church. He spoke to thousands of people on the day of Pentecost. And even Billy Graham, it turned out, was invited to hear about Jesus by a guy called Albert McMakin. So I thought, well, I could do that. And then I heard that Alpha was starting in my church. So I invited a school friend, and he then brought his girlfriend and his mother and another friend, and they loved it. They each encountered Jesus for themselves. And all I did was say, come and see. Come and try Alpha. So we can't all be St. Peter or Billy Graham, but we can all be like Andrew or Albert McMakin. We can all invite our friends to come and see. Yeah, and I'm not a natural evangelist either. I really don't have all the answers but I can invite people to come and hear and discuss about Jesus. And that's where Alpha fits in, because Alpha is basically come and see. It's designed for you to bring your friends, and it's not too late for you to invite your friends to the Alpha you're about to help out on. Vineyard Church, this is our moment to invite. This is kind of where the Holy Spirit it has an opportunity to work in the lives of our friends and our family. There's two ways you can do this. You know, we're probably gonna do it wrong, there's probably no right way to do it, okay? The Holy Spirit has to be part of the ingredients that we have. And so uh, you can invite them simply. You know, there's, there's no right way to do it. Hey, just come. Come and see. You know, come and experience this. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear what you think. Um, we're going to have a, a, a message series starting next week called Asking for a Friend. We're going to talk about difficult questions. First week is going to be is believing in God, just wishful thinking. Second week is going to be uh, around do all roads lead up the same spiritual mountain? We're going to talk about why uh, if God uh, is loving, does he seem so angry and judgmental? Why if God is good, do bad things happen? I mean, these are the age-old questions and your friends and family have them. And, and this may, some of those may be the reasons that they walked away from God. So we're going to do that during the weekend. 
you know? And then uh, during the weeks, we're going to have these alpha groups. There's dozens starting. You can start one in your living room if you want. You can just, uh, you know, get some uh, takeout and start the video. We'll give you the video and we'll have the discussion questions. You can do it in your living room. Invite three friends or family members. And you, there's dozens of groups that we're setting up for you too. And so you can invite them to one of our alphas. And that's the kind of setting we're going to have at all of our alphas is this safe space. And so you invite them to one and say, come join me for a meal that's around faith and, and, and see how God moves in their lives. Would you, I've just been like trying to sell you this thing. You know, honestly, right? You know, and salespeople, you know, I just told you about that. I'm trying to sell you this thing. And I, I think it's the right thing to do. But can I tell you that this is only going to work if God moves in you? So can let's just, for a second, let's just close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Take a deep breath in and out. Take a deep breath in and out. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. And then I, in the quietness of your heart, I just encourage you to ask. Jesus, Chris is trying to do this. He's, he's got this whole agenda. But I want to follow you. So Jesus, if there's anybody that you would like me to invite, I pray that you tell me right now. Give me the idea of who they are. Maybe a name will just pop into your head or somebody, you'll think about somebody you haven't thought about in a while or uh, somebody's face will come into your mind's eye. Think about a group of people. Just be quiet for 30 seconds or so. Is there anybody you want us to invite you? Maybe you got a name or an idea. If you didn't, that's okay. Maybe you can ask later and just be quiet for a couple seconds and ask. But if you got somebody's name, I want you to ask a second question. Jesus, would you give me the strength and courage to, to have the guts to invite them? Give me the words to say and the situation. And Jesus, even when I mess up, I pray that you would, you would do it. Do the work that you want to have happen. And if you'd like to, if you feel like this is something inside of you, maybe you're, you're thinking, oh, the Chris is doing this and uh, you know, it's just emotional manipulation or whatever. I got this name. But if you have this thing in your gut, like you got to do something about it, it's probably from God. And so if you'd like to say yes to that, then just tell Jesus, quietness of your heart. I'll do it. I'll go for it. I'm in. I'm going to try. And Jesus, I pray for each one who just said that. I pray that their peace would pass all understanding inside of them. They would like, it would just fill them up and they'd be filled with confidence, that they would feel, uh, be, be filled up with winsomeness, that they'd be filled up with your spirit, that as they have this conversation or shoot out this text or make a phone call, God, I pray that, that, that something would happen inside of them as they share on social media, Jesus, that something would happen. I pray that your spirit would move amongst us in this. 
In your name we pray, amen. Here's what I'd like you to do. Pull, pull out your connection card. Uh, it's on your app. If you have an app, it's um, uh, on the button. If you're on online, on the back, it says action step. It says, I will invite blank. I will invite somebody's name to Alpha this week. If you're in, here's what I'd like you to do. Mark, put that, mark that, and then put their name in the box because we want to pray for you this week because it's scary, and we want to pray for them this week. We'll shoot you a little message to, to help you think of some ways that you can invite. And um, so, so fill that out right now. We want to pray for you. Will you all uh, stand as we close? And we have a prayer team up here. They'd love to pray for anything that's going on in your life afterwards. Come on up and get prayer. Hang out in the lobby. There's some, uh, an alpha table. There's people who would love to talk to you about getting connected with a group. If you're disconnected with a group, now's a good time to jump in. This is easy. There's food. It's easy, okay? And um, would you all just put out your hands like this if you'd like? If you'd like. You don't have to. This is just sometimes the way that we close. We're opening up our bodies to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, would you make us, I pray that you'd fill us with that same passion that you had same crazy, crazy decision-making that you had for that lost sheep. Pray you'd fill us with that for our friends and our neighbors and our colleagues and our, our family members, Jesus. You fill us with that, and I pray that you'd empower us as we go. And even when we mess it all up, Jesus, we trust that you are in control and that you're the one who's really inviting. You're the good shepherd going after that lost sheep. In your name we pray, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week for the first week of asking for a friend.